Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. I set my cup down there for a moment so I could plug in the crow fountain. Today is Tuesday, May 28th. I had to unplug the crow fountain because our afternoon was so windy yesterday. We've been having high winds in the afternoons. Hopefully that'll, that's a usual spring thing for us and it just feels late this year since everything about spring is late this year. So the wind blows so hard that the, all the water flies out of the fountain. Um, that's a waste. <laughs> I would have to keep refilling it. So easier to simply unplug. I have it on a timer, but timer doesn't work if the fountain's not plugged in. Or the timer works, but no electricity goes to the crows. It's basic physics. We offer a lot of things here on Jeffy's first cup of coffee. It's a lovely morning. I woke up in the middle of the night last night, got up to pee, and looked out the window. And even with my, I'm terribly nearsighted, even without my glasses on, I don't turn on the lights, I don't put on my glasses. So I have my contact lenses on, but I could see that the stars were just incredibly bright. I'm, of course, out in the country with no street lights, but sometimes the stars are just brighter than other times. Must have to do with the maybe our wind's clearing out the atmosphere here. And we'd had some rain the other day, but they were so bright, so vividly bright. I put on my glasses so I could see, and the Milky Way was cascading down the southern sky. It was really just gorgeous. I'm reading a book about space right now, which is not my usual thing. I'm reading Mary Robinette Cole's The Calculating Stars. She was here in Santa Fe um, a year ago, and I bought a copy of the sequel, The Faded Sky, to be nice. Um, I went to the signing and chatted with her and John Scalzi and got bought a copy of each of their books to be nice. That's <laughs> one of the things. You know, you support other authors, right? Um, and then I spent quite a bit of time with Mary Robinette on, at a Nebula Conference because she's our new president. And she and I have been getting to know each other. I wouldn't say that we have had a poor start. Far from it. I mean, I think we've always been perfectly friendly. We sat down and chatted at Bubonicon. We've had a few email exchanges about um, programming, especially for um, a year ago for Nebula Programming, where we were kind of going back and forth in a... I don't know. I know that she felt like I was being dictatorial, and I felt like she was. So... I think what it comes down to is that she and I are an awful lot alike. <laughs> uh, so it was nice. We got to spend some time chatting at Nebula Conference this year, and we really do agree with each other a whole lot on directions for Sefwa and how things should get done. Um, and, you know, I mean, we're 
of an age. We are almost exactly the same age and I think very similar personalities and ways of seeing the world. So anyway, I thought, because I never had read The Faded Sky, I thought, well, I'll pick it up and start reading it just to get a feel for her as a writer. And it was not a topic that appealed to me. Uh, what she's done, The Calculating Stars is the first one, and then The Faded Sky is the sequel. Uh, in The Calculating Stars, she goes with an alternate history where she imagines a meteor, a meteorite <laughs> hitting Earth. Her main character is a woman who is a very, very smart mathematician, and it's 1952. So she's struggling with a whole lot of sexism. But she's a general's daughter, and she's been a whack in World War II. And she... Uh, Sorry, got distracted looking at this person coming down our road. Shouldn't be that distracting. So she's she's very smart, and she's forever explaining to people the difference between a meteor and a meteorite. So now I'm sympathetic with her. It's a meteorite that hits the Earth, and it basically causes a, a global extinction event which is slow to happen, but will happen. And our heroine is one who does the math to figure it out, uh, being one of the few survivors on the eastern seaboard. So with that premise, she goes with the idea that the space program would have been accelerated and that humans would have been looking to establish a colony on the moon and then on Mars in order to escape the doomed Earth. So, you know, I don't know. It was a lot of, you know, I, I guess I don't care about that era much. I don't care about the early space program. I've never been one who found the whole, um, you know, like nerding out over orbits and gravitational dynamics and that sort of thing. It's never been all that interesting to me. So I started reading The Faded Sky. Um, just to get a feel for her as a writer, and found myself really drawn in to the point where I thought, well, geez, I should read book one. And I was able to because I had book one from the Nebula and Hugo Award packets. She won the Nebula for novel this year for The Calculating Stars, and she's up for a Hugo as well. So, you know, free books, why not? It occurred to me I tend to be so vicious about guarding my TBR, which has not budged in all this time. You know, whatever it is, my four years, four or five years that I've been maintaining my spreadsheet TBR, uh, I don't ever drop below like 275 books on it. It's 275. Right now it's like 320. Um, I still, I'm, you know, I'm reading 100 to 150 books a year and my TBR still doesn't drop because it's being forever added to. I feel like I should, I really need to go on a binge and just clear out all of these books that have languished on there forever that I'm clearly just not going to read. I keep thinking I will. You know that Twilight Zone episode where the guy finally gets all the time he wants to read because <laughs> he's the last person alive and then he breaks his glasses? Yeah. Uh but I digress, as usual. 
Anyway, it's occurred to me with like the Nebula and the Hugo Award packets that I really should download all those books and stories because I might as well have them um, because free books. And that way, you know, what happens to me is much later I come back and I think, oh, I really want to read this person's book. So, so now I have, I'm going to, now I'm reading The Calculating Stars and I'm, it's really good. It really is great because she has brought in all of the, uh, social stuff of the fifties, um, you know, with the race relations and how a, a massive disaster like this affects, uh, how women and people of color are treated. So yeah, it's an excellent book. I'm noticing that the uh, spires on our yucca, I will take a photo. The You know, they send up these spires and the blossoms come out on them. And a bunch of our um, spires have been stripped of their blossoms. I think uh, Packrat's been out here getting them. Because those don't look right. <laughs> There's a, a really good spire and then these others that look like they've been denuded of their blossoms maybe they're good eating i suppose that's fine that rat wants to eat those better that than my flowers those purple flowers i posted a few weeks back that i bought and was so happy with that plant is like down it's it's gone it's down to the nubs it got eaten entirely eaten <laughs> david thinks it was the rock squirrel how oh, well life in the country right so let's see, I was going to say something else about my TBR books from Nebula and Hugo Awards. Hmm. Nope, I think it's gone. Yeah. Anyway, I noticed one thing that I do with reading is if I'm reading something that I only kind of like or I feel like I should read, um, I read very, very slowly. And I tend to put it down in favor of doing other things. And I think if I'm going to eat through this TBR, I need to um, be a lot more definitive about that because it's not just giving it a chance. It 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 clogs, it bottlenecks everything. And I really need to just clear some of those things out. I know what I was going to say. One of the things that happened at Nebula Conference was I ran rode down in the elevator with Marie Brennan, who I don't know if I've met before, but we were chatting in the elevator because we had that sort of conference camaraderie with our uh, name badges and so forth. And she was carrying a stack of mass market paperbacks of her book, Witch. And and we were, and I said, ooh, you know, <laughs> as one does, ooh, let me see. And, you know, so I was looking at the book and I said, this looks great. And she said, well, you can have that because I'm trying to get rid of these and she was telling me how she's gotten her rights back to that series and she's going to or she's in the process of it I mean, it was an elevator conversation right so it was and then we walked towards the um, meeting rooms together but she said she was going to put those remaining mass market paperbacks on the swap table 
the way those conferences work is you get a bunch of books in your tote bags and then at other things people hand you books and then there's a great big table where people put their discards it's the swap table you know they put, put the books that they don't want and so you and and it's nice because every once in a while someone will go through and organize it, you know, so it's pretty easy to go and put your discarded books on the table. It's a little sad, too, because sometimes one particular, you know, there will be a few books that there's a lot of them piled on the reject table. And it's one, a major reason I don't really want to put a book in a tote bag because it, I, I don't think I could bear seeing mounds and mounds of my book on the swap table. You know, which which isn't entirely fair because some of that has to do with the particular audience. But anyway, uh, the swap table can be good. And, you know, even though I very determinedly try to only put books on the swap table, you know, I am a reader. And so I cannot resist perusing the other books on the table. And occasionally I select a couple to supplement. Uh, I know one other gal at the conference, one of my uh, friends, uh, Becca Gomez-Farrell, was very intent on getting a particular book, and she was really annoyed that other people had gotten it in her tote bag and she hadn't, because you never know which ones you'll get in your tote bag. They, very rarely will there be a single book that's in every, you know, all 400 tote bags or what have you, you know, so it'll be luck of the draw. And she was really mad that like all of her friends had gotten this one book. I don't even remember what it was, and she hadn't. So she was haunting the swap table, hoping someone reject, would reject it. And I saw her a day late after she told me she was doing this, and she was carrying the book, and she was all happy. I was like, you got it? And she said, yes, I had to stock that, but I, I got it. <laughs> so, Corrine, I thought you would enjoy that story because I know this would be you. Uh, but anyway, so Marie says that she's going to go put this uh, these mass market paperbacks on the swap table to get rid of them because she wants to clear them out of her life, which I think is actually a very smart idea. It had never occurred to me, and it's because that book is obsolete now or the series because she's going to take her rights back and redo it or some such. Anyway, so I brought that book home because um, I thought, oh, I've never read Marie Brennan, and I've heard she's great, and this looks like an interesting book. So I dutifully entered these books into my spreadsheet yesterday. It took me a little while to get to that task, but they're in there now, the six or seven books I brought home. And I <laughs> noticed as I typed in in the Excel sheet, if if a name is already in, like, higher up in the rows, it'll autofill. As soon as you like get to a certain point, it'll autofill. And so I was typing Marie, and then it filled in Brennan. I was like, shit, <laughs> does that mean that she's already in my TBR? So I scrolled up, and, or actually I did my auto filter thing, which is really handy. And sure enough, I have another book of hers, at least fortunately not the same book, but that's why I have the spreadsheet, because I was so often having duplicates. Uh, I do have another book of hers that... I list it as one that I bought because it looked good, and it uh, has the date of that 2015 date. That's right, so it's four years I've been doing this. Uh, when I first put all of my books into my TBR spreadsheet, I gave them all the date that I did it. And that's sort of like a, the default entry date for my date acquired. I try to keep track of when I acquired things so I know how long they've been sitting there. So 
I had it before 2015, before I started my TBR, and I haven't read it. And I know I have this one armoire that one side of it is entirely filled with books, and that is my paper TBR. And it's apparently in there somewhere. So I really need to get through that. I would love to reduce the size of this TBR, and it's just not going to happen if I keep acquiring books, right? And I keep thinking, okay, I'm not going to buy any more books. And then I do. I buy them. I get them for free. And, you know, like my whole breeder's packet. So I might have to give up this idea of keeping my TBR below a certain pile, certain size. I don't know. I know I have, I'm fully aware I have gone back and forth on this like nine times in this podcast alone. So I don't know. I can't decide. But you all vote. Let's Let's have a vote. Do I resign myself to the ever-increasing TBR and take advantage of the free books and just not obsess? Or do I make a concerted effort to reduce the TBR? You weigh in. I'll even post this. Uh, well, that's a pain. How do you guys comment? Um, I wish there was a way to put that on BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, Buzzsprout. I wish it was on BuzzFeed. Um yeah, maybe I'll post it to my blog. I'll, I'll go ahead and cross-post this to my blog so you guys can comment. Maybe we'll do a survey. I always want to do surveys on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Maybe I will do that. So exciting, I know. So anyway, um, I worked yesterday. It felt like a regular work day to me, except that it was unusually quiet as far as email and Internet things. So that was good. I made my way entirely through my editor's track changes on the Fiery Citadel, which is like 290 pages. But that was just, um, you know, going from comment to comment or correction to correction. And I knocked out all of the low-hanging fruit um, and left a lot, a lot of comments in there. So now I have the um, adding and more delicate revising. So I'll slow down today, but it, at least that helped me sort of get the whole story in my head and arrange what I need to do. Um, it was one of those things of going from the heights of elation to the depths of despair. Uh, maybe not quite that extreme, but it certainly was an up and down day because she's very good about putting comments about what she loves in there, but then there's stuff that I was feeling bad that it's like, oh, I know that's not working. She's like, I don't understand this. And it's like, yeah, I know. So at least I have progressed. There there was a time um, in my earlier writer days, and by that I mean five or six years ago, when I was really cranking down on publishing novels. Um, and And before that, but I know I was thinking this at least, is a short time ago, as five years ago, where I felt like revisions were fixing all of the things that I screwed up the first time, and I hated it. And now I'm, I don't know, maybe I have a more mature perspective on it. You know, like the last half of that book, I I pretty much just wrote and sent to Jenny Hot off the press with no no revising at all. So... 
I, I have to, and, and I did it a little bit on purpose. I mean, a little bit was because I was out of time, but also because I knew that I wanted her input on it. And if I was going to revise, I might as well just revise once. So, so yeah, but that's like part of the writing thing is when you come across the stuff where she's saying, you know, I really think you need more of this. And she's an insightful editor. So that like all of the things she says that she, that, she thinks the book needs more of were all things I had considered putting in and then didn't really find a place for. So now I just need to, I probably am going to end up adding about 10,000 words, which is no surprise because it, this whole story is only like 82,000 or something like that at this point. And really it was supposed to be 90 to a hundred according to my contract. And, and really with the stuff she wants me to add, um, you know, it'll be about right. So that's that's what I'm doing. What are you guys doing? <laughs> I know my mom is like moving all of her stuff back into her house because she had her title done and she had to take everything out. So I think I'd rather be revising my book than doing that. Ha ha. <laughs> all right. Well, as lovely it is to sit here in the sun, I think I will go in and get to work. I hope you all have a lovely Tuesday. For many of you, it will be a Monday, but, uh, you know, hey, short week, right? And the warm weather is here. I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.